Hi, I'm Christine, and welcome to the 5 Foot 5 and Growing Podcast, a podcast where I dig deep, do some difficult self-reflection, try to learn from my past, all the while trying to become the woman I want to be, whoever she is. I haven't figured that out yet, hence the podcast. So please join me on this new journey of discovery and hopefully growth. Figuratively, of course, I'm 5 foot 5 inches tall. That doesn't mean I still can't grow. Welcome back to the latest episode of the 5 foot 5 and Growing Podcast. It's Christine. How the hell are you? Welcome to 2022. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. How's everybody doing? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, This technically would be season three, but really season two kind of ended abruptly. So I guess it's season 2.5. It's been a hell of a time, man. It's been a hell of a time. Let's do a little catch up, you know. Things are going okay. Works good. Can't complain. Like my coworkers. Like my job for the most part. Yeah. Um. You know the fam's good. We're good. We're still here. Thank God. You know, just trying to live in a a current COVID world. One day at a time. One day at a time. I'm not going to hold you. We're going to dive right in. I'm not going to go through the whole recap and go over all this other stuff. Let's talk about the now. Today, January 18th, Tuesday. I've been thinking about a lot of things lately. Kind of comes with the territory. I really want to make some changes. Sounds cliche. Comes with every January. But I've had this this kind of uh, weight on my spirit. I want to do, you know, like a platinum blonde hair or just cut my whole afro off completely. I've talked about it before. You know, get the low cut Caesar with the deep wave. It's it's just really been heavy on my spirit. Um, I'm not sure if anyone has watched the show Chewing Gum. It was on Netflix. I think it's on HBO Max now. Uh, it's a British show uh, written and starring Michaela Cole, who also uh, has the show on HBO called I May Destroy You, which... Whew, I think I made it to episode five and I couldn't, I could, <laughs> I'm going to finish someday. Anywho, she won an Emmy for that amazing, amazing, amazing show that I've yet to finish. And in her Emmy speech, she made a point to talk about disappearing because being seen currently is a social currency so to speak 
and everybody wants to be seen. And she said, disappear, disappear, and see what life shows you, what you show yourself. And that really hit me. I know it went viral and everyone got inspired, you know, when the clip goes across Twitter or TikTok or, you know, YouTube. But that really, really hit me. I really wanted to delete my social media or deactivate or not even I don't even just delete it off my phone and just go ghost. Like the only people I talk to are the people I actually talk to. Like you got to call the phone number. Like I, I, that's really been heavy on my spirit. Like just. And I've been holding it in and I've wanted to tell somebody. Like I want I I dead up want to just roll into a barbershop, which I guess you can't do anymore because of COVID. But like I want to go into a barbershop and say, hey, brah, give me a three all the way around. You know, no crispy line up in the front. Keep it real. Keep it cute. Just cut my hair off. Delete Twitter. Delete Facebook off my iPad. Delete Instagram. And then just just go ghost. And then, you know, pop up every couple of months or so. I'm hesitant, one, because uh, the theme of today's episode is avoidance and fear. But it's been really heavy on my spirit, but I'm, I'm scared to do it because social media is all-encompassing now. You scroll, you scroll, and you scroll, and you retweet, and you comment, and you like and you double tap and you post something and then you like and you watch a YouTube video and then you like something and then you go back and you double tap something and you look up it's 11 o'clock at night and you're like where did the time go and don't even get me started on TikTok I, I leave TikTok I have a 5 minute threshold because I will stay on there all day and I'm not even that deep on there, but it's just, it's all so interesting. But between Twitter, Twitter's going to get me fired. I I have such a, uh, I don't even want to say codependency, but I have such a, it's a distraction tactic. When things get heavy at work or, you know, my eyes get tired of looking at the computer screen, I want to look at my phone and scroll through Twitter and see if I can find something funny, you know, real quick and then dive back into my work. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. And I blame COVID. COVID it's, it's been a way to deal with all of this stuff, you know, something in the moment. I want to do it, but I'm so, I'm terrified. I know terrified seems like a strong word, but I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Because that's, that's all I've given myself to cope on a daily basis for the past, what, 
two years and some change. We are on season three of COVID, and these new characters is acting up. You know, this variance is out here. It's just, it's a lot to deal with. People dying. But there's another part of me that just really wants to see. Like, if I really just did those things, just, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the phrase? What's the catchy phrase? Um, oh, I just lost it. Oh my God. What's the catchy phrase? Wait. Oh, to get something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. Now I've cut all my hair off before. Um. That was more of a depressive cutoff. Like I literally. I had to pay a good grip of money to get my car fixed to pass New York State inspection in 2018. It was March 31st, 2018. I'll never forget. And I had to get the work done because it was the end of the month. And my my New York State inspection sticker expired. So I had to sit there and have them do it. And. The lovely people at Firestone took all the little money I had. And I was just bummed. Because I just spent like, I don't know, $400 to fix emergency brick that I never used. And apparently that's why it didn't work. It's because I never used it. Sorry. And all I wanted was something to cheer me up. Because I'd spent all damn day in this freaking fire zone. So I left and I went to my favorite wing place at the time and I ordered my usual and right next door is a super cuts. And there was one dude in there getting his hair cut, finishing up and he walked out and I walked in and the lady was like, can I help you? Like, she looked confused. And I took off my hat. And she's like, oh, okay. Did you want to, you know, you know, just trim that up for you? And I was like, nah, take it all down. And she's like, excuse me? I was like, yep, just take it down. I don't need it to be cleaned up. I just, just take it down. And she was like, okay. And she just started cutting. She cut it all off. I looked at all the hair on the floor. I was almost a little sick. I didn't realize how long my hair had gotten. And by the time she finished cutting my hair, me paying, my my wings were done. I took my wings home. I watched the March basketball games. Michigan won, by the way. Or no, I think they lost. I was like, was that the Jordan Poole year? Uh, anyway. So I have boldly cut my hair off, but it was more of a depressive, sad, you know, drastic change. This is is a little more positive. There's a little more oomph behind this if I can actually pull the trigger and do it. But I I do, I do. I have all this stuff. Oh, I guess I do need to highlight some stuff. Um... To backtrack. So I want a Peloton. 
I've wanted a Peloton for a while before it was popping, before COVID, pre-COVID. I always thought, I'm like, yo, if I could do, I, you know, I like riding a bike. The few spin classes I've taken, I didn't die. I didn't die. They were hard and they almost killed me, but I did not die. And it was a fantastic workout. Sore. Always sore afterwards, but it was a fantastic workout nonetheless. So I was like, yo, if I could get a Peloton, I could just knock that out every day, half hour, 45 minutes. I'd be skinny in no time. That's always been my thought. Pelotons ain't cheap. I never looked into it until until uh, I think like Christmas 2018. I was like, yo, I wonder how much these cost. I finally looked it up and saw how much they cost. And I was like, well, look who's not getting a Peloton. Well, fast forward to 2021. I'm like, you know what? Peloton's got an app. Like, do you have a standalone Netflix kind of an app where you don't need the actual bike to do the exercises and stuff? You don't need their bike. And it has all the other things, the yoga, you know, the other workouts that come with Peloton besides the bike cycling. So I was like, if I get the app, all I need is a bike. so I researched I didn't want to buy a cheap Amazon brand name that looks like a couple of consonants and vowel thrown together in odd order and I have to assemble it myself so I said you know what I'm going to go to Dick's and talk to somebody face to face and have somebody try to sell me a bike and I got the lovely kid and he was like, honestly, for your money, this is like a third of the price of a Peloton, but it's, it's up there. Like it's up there. And I'm like, okay, so I can't get you that one. What's the next one to this? And he was like, oh, it's right here. I was like, they look similar. He goes, yeah, this one's got like this and it's got a bigger screen on it. And this one's, this one was this version, you know, last year. And I was like, how much? really y'all do set up and he was like yeah it's an extra cost but yeah we could deliver it and set it up for you and I was like can I buy it online and still have that and he was like yep I'm like all right cool thank you went home read some reviews went to the company's website did a little more research I think it was about 4 a.m. I couldn't sleep. And this was September 2021. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get this bike. Yep. I'm going to do it. And I went on Dick's website. Hooked it up. They called the next day. It was like, yo, you could pick it up or, you know, you have it delivered. And I was like, can I have it delivered? And the guy was like, okay, sure. We'll set it up. We'll be there, you know, Tuesday. 
So I got my Peloton, my Chrysaton. I'm working on a name. I was trying to do something. Chrysaton. Pelacris. I was feeling Pelacris. Pelacris? Pelacris. Pelacris. We're going to go on with Pelacris. Chris Pell. Pelacris. 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 We'll stick with Pelacris. Pelacrissy. Ooh. Pelacrissy. Anywho. So I got an exercise bike. Ask me how many times I've ridden it. It's not pretty. Oh, so I buy the bike. They say, oh, we're going to deliver it Tuesday. I said, word? All right, cool. Wednesday, leave work, go to the bicycle shop. Real nice bicycle shop. Guy's like, can I help you? Dude look confused. Just like the super cuts lady. I go in. I said, hey, man, I bought this Schwinn uh, exercise bike. I had I took a picture, so I I wanted to make sure I got the right shoes for the right parts. And he was just like, oh, yeah, 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 that's a really good bike. And I was like, thank you. He goes, congratulations. I was like, I, I didn't win it, but all right, thank you. He goes, no, I just, that's a really good bike. And most people, you know, like he gave me like a little pep talk. And I was like, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's like, yeah. Good for you starting out. I was like, well, I need help with shoes. Because I've never, you know, I've taken spin classes, but I've never had the specialty shoes with the little click clacks. And he was like, I got you. He didn't He didn't say it like that, but you get what I'm saying. So he shows me some shoes. I'm like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. I said, I got, I, dude, I know I'm 42, but don't give me the old lady spin shoes. Like, come on, man. And he was like, well, I got these over here. And I'm like, okay, my speed. Do you have it in blue? I did find these dope Nike spinning shoes. And I might eventually get those. Because they look dope. And they came in a real cool color, too. But I got spin shoes. The guy was really helpful. Um, They weren't Nike. But um, he actually put the clips on there for me and hooked it up and... I was like, all right, bet. So, yeah, I got shoes. I got a bike. I haven't ridden it every day for 30, 45 minutes like I intended when I was lusting over Pelotons. But I got it. So I got an exercise bike. So I can do this. If I really put my mind to it and delete the apps, come home every day, hit my bike 30, 45 minutes. You know, between now and March, I could do some damage. I could do some real good fat loss, calorie burn damage. Let me tell you a story about how I purchased a heavy bag stand. So, um, I want to say a year ago, a year some change ago, 22, you know, time's a social construct. So, along with my Peloton dreams... I kept seeing these ads for Fight Camp. These are not sponsored. I am not plugging these people. This is just my story. If they would like to sponsor me, great. But I'm just forthcoming with my information and I don't feel like trying to edit it. So Fight Camp, Google it if you want. But it's kind of like the heavy bag version of Peloton. And uh, the gloves come with little... uh, 
I call it like Simon. But they come with the little hit counters, I guess. So, you, you know, you count your punches and all this other stuff. So, I was like, yo, that looks dope. I was like, between the Peloton and the fight camp, I will be fit in no time. Like I said, never bought the Peloton. I got my exercise bike. Couldn't afford fight camp because apparently that costs as much as a Peloton. And you still got to pay for the monthly subscription to the to get the workouts. These people are crazy. But I still wanted to have it bad. I took one kickboxing class sophomore year of college and the instructor complimented me on my boxing techniques and she asked me if I studied or trained and I was like nah dog I just pick up things quicker and she's like you're really good that stuck with me I felt like I've been million dollar baby over here and just never tapped into the the power I could be baby Mike Tyson or Layla and Lee or Carissa Seals I mean I'm good anywho so I wanted a heavy bag it's cardio you know it worked for Muhammad Ali I got a jump rope you see what I'm saying you see you see the vision you see the vision the bike I already got a couple weights if you listen to the show you know I bought some some uh I got a kettle I got a couple kettlebells I got some uh some Lieber bar like I, I got a nice little setup so I'm like if I add, I got the bike I get a heavy bag no pun intended it's a nice one-two punch so it's October November the days run together so I hemmed and hawed, hemmed and hawed. I found one I liked, but it was still a little too pricey. At least for my tenderness. I had a coupon. Because remember, I just bought the exercise bike from Dick's. So I got like a $50 off coupon. I'm like, yo, I can use the coupon. Knock a little bit off this heavy bag. I got to buy gloves. This works. But I could never pull the trigger. It's a common theme. It's a common theme. Just pin it. Pin that that's an episode for another day or maybe later this episode talk about my constant uh, clash with fear anywho so it's a Saturday college football is on it's a little chilly here in upstate New York I'm looking at Christmas onesies and pajamas because why not I see these real cute like onesie pajamas you know popular these days everybody takes onesie or pajama matching pajamas for christmas so i send a pic to my friend i'm like hey would you wear this like meaning this particular one not pajamas this punk had the nerve to reply with probably not ellipses unless a wife or a girlfriend asked now let's 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 take a let's take a gander at that statement here why oh why would you include that why couldn't you just say probably not 
like your dude i you know not every dude likes to rock a onesie pajamas i get it they're really cute but they're not practical at least for a woman of my size but you know the eight-year-old in me loves it but i don't expect everybody to have the same enthusiasm you know so i wasn't expecting him to be like yo yeah order that get me that in 2x i just thought this would be like a nice little playful moment where they you know either agree or not agree and we go from there i didn't expect this dagger in the heart and twist with the pro unless a girlfriend or a wife asked why would you say that was that necessary to inform me that i am neither your wife nor your girlfriend in this matching pajama moment that i'm asking if you would wear it not what size you want me to buy not let's wear these together that wasn't even my implication it's just would you wear this would you wear this that's all I was asking, dog. And they came through with the with the Thor hammer. And I was like, I almost threw my phone. I almost threw my phone across the room. So, but I collected myself. And I pulled a bunny Calvin. When he met up with Weebay to get Naaman to come live with him and his wife. When Weebay hit him with a, you asking for a lot. And then Bunny Calvin was like, yeah, but I'm asking. Simple, simple dialogue, but so deep. The Wire, I'm telling you, season four, best season. Anywho. So I said, okay, well, you know what? Don't, don't snap. Don't flip out. Don't take it there. Maybe they were saying that in jest, tongue in cheek. You know, unless a wife or a girlfriend asks, wink, wink. I don't know. The Pollyanna in me would assume that the I've been hurt before person was like, nah, that's not what he meant. But I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to reply respectfully and not be triggered or at least outwardly triggered. So I replied back. I'm neither of those things, but I'm asking. And then I get a reply of no. I shut my iPad down. I turn my phone off. Internally, I lost it. When I tell you my whole... You ever see a kid drop a ice cream cone on the ground? Like on a good, warm, sunny summer day. And you know it's melting a little bit and it just tumbles. And they're hurt. A little angry and shocked all rolled into one that was me on 10 like dude why would you why would you say that that messed my whole it messed my whole Saturday up I had had a good Saturday up in that I made pancakes I had my my fuzzy pajamas on it was a nice cool day it was perfect and this punk comes through when I tell you my whole day, this was like two o'clock in the afternoon. My whole day was wrecked. I couldn't sleep. I didn't watch no football. The football was just on. 
I barely look into tears. Like I was in a that hurt my soul. So like I said, I couldn't sleep. And it's five twenty two AM Sunday. And I'm I'm sitting there in bed looking at my iPad, watching YouTube videos going neither a wife or girlfriend like I was infuriated like not that break stuff mad that just like hide all the toilet paper when you go to the bathroom like it like you wanted revenge kind of mad but not like stab them in the throat revenge like prank revenge you know what I mean but just with a tinge of anger so I was like you know what screw it screw you screw it screw everything screw it it's October it's almost November I'm just gonna try to get in the best shape and I'm gonna just pop out come spring and it's on like Donkey Kong that was my line at 5 in the morning after not sleeping because my feelings were hurt Pull up the Dick's website. I said I got a coupon. I could pick it up. Same day pickup. Screw it. Hopped out of bed, grabbed my wallet, bought it. That was the frustration talking. Now it was a positive turn. Maybe because it was five in the morning. I would have, you know, if I lived alone, I would have gone to breakfast somewhere or something, but couldn't do that. There's no Waffle House. There's no like overnight breakfast place around here. That bugs me. I mean, I know it's COVID now, but Syracuse, you're lacking. You're lacking in the 24 hour spots. I'm just putting that out there. You need a Olympic in Buffalo or a Waffle House or a Huddle House or. Even a good Denny's. Good Denny's is hard to come by. They close it. Anyway, sorry. Tangent. So I angrily and hurtfully bought a 110 pound heavy from Dick's at 5 in the morning. I bought it. Somehow that eased my spirit a little bit. I fell asleep. I woke up at 8 got dressed realized that the dicks didn't open till 10 went and washed my car vacuumed it out hooked it up moseyed on over to the mall right at 10 o'clock and the parking lot was already packed guy was like can I help you I was like yeah um I got an order and he was like yo how big is your car I'm like I got a jeep he goes oh okay he goes this part is light the heavy bag part that you punch is light the weighted it's a stand the stand is what weighs 110 pounds Woo! it took some it was some some effort to get that puppy in the trunk the disappointment on my mom's face when i came home with that puppy you would have thought i brought home like a dog or i was pregnant or something another piece of workout equipment 
You don't even use the ones you got good enough. I was like, well, that hurts. All right, let me just just bottle that in with the rest of my hurt and take this on upstairs. So I got an exercise bike and a heavy bag. Heavy bag stand, kickboxing. Actually, technically it's for MMA. Because you could do takedowns. and I said all of that to say I could very well hibernate and go dark and go off the grid because I have stuff at home. I don't have to leave the house. No one has to see me. I can literally go to work, come home, exercise, do it all right here and repeat until it's consistently 55 degrees outside and I could pop out lord knows how much weight I could lose if I actually dedicated myself that was a Freudian slip if I could dedicate myself to doing the things that I think and not do them impulsively and something happened at work today that explained why or highlighted, shined a light on this very problem of mine. And I'm going to take a break and I'll explain it in a second. So, why am I a scaredy cat? Why do I avoid difficult things? I don't know. I legit don't know why I do or how I come to do this, but it hit me fully today that I do this a lot. Here's the story. Enjoy the ride. So. Uh, for those who don't know, which is most of you, um, I work in healthcare. I have for almost 20 years now. And uh started out as a medical records person, just delivering charts and filing papers, making copies. And then, uh, you know, moved up to Fry's and that's where the big bucks start rolling in. Anywho, so I've done this for a while in healthcare. to not explain what I do basically I argue with insurance companies to pay people's doctor's bills or to pay us for people's doctor's visits well uh, one patient had a bunch of visits that weren't paid and I knew this was a big deal it was a whole big ordeal to try to correct everything in order to get them all paid and this was months ago and it's a lot and I avoided it and I saw it and I skipped it and I saw it and I skipped it and I saw it and I skipped it and then once I actually wanted to attempt to address it so much time it passed that I was afraid to attempt to look at it because I forgot and overlooked it so now I'm looking at it today because 
I was looking at another one that I ignored that turned out to be a lot easier fix than I assumed and avoided. Avoid is the keyword. That's if this was Pee Wee's Playhouse, that would be the word of the day. Avoid. So I looking into things, I realized I should have done this a while ago because these might not get paid. And if these don't get paid, I am in trouble. And I don't like to get in trouble. So I am frantically trying to correct my lack of uh, attention, I guess. So I'm in a full panic. I'm talking to myself. I'm trying to like, why did you do this? Why did you? I'm beating myself up. I'm Ike Turner to myself. I'm trying to print stuff. I'm researching stuff and I'm trying to put it together and I'm trying to get out of my head and focus on the actual work so I don't skip something or forget something to make sure these get paid. I'm starting to feel guilty. Like I'm sweating. I'm like, this is going to get me fired. I'm going to get fired. This is like 20 something visits. If these don't all get paid, oh my God. No, just focus. Just focus. Do it one at a time. You got this. We're good. No, you idiot. And I, this is the fight I'm having for a smooth 40 minutes. And no one has a clue. I'm printing stuff. The person that I would ask isn't there. And then I'm would be if she was there I would be afraid to ask because then I have to tell her that I've been ignoring this and it's just eating me up and I'm like why did I avoid this why do I avoid difficult things I'm legitimately asking myself as I'm surveying the screen looking for reports to send in my head not out loud talking to myself but in my head I'm like why do you avoid difficult things what is wrong with you you put it aside and then you panic at the end. Do you just like pressure? You know you got high blood pressure, right? Why would you put yourself in stressful situations, Christine? Beating myself up. So I, I had to go to the bathroom. I walk, walk past the boss's office. I go to the bathroom. I scroll Twitter because that's what I do when I'm, you know, that's my coping mechanism these days. I scroll. I'm still in my head, panicked. Like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I come back to the office from the bathroom. I get to the boss's desk. I say, you know what? Just tell her. Just tell her. Just come clean. Just come clean now. Instead of trying to figure out what to say, just come on out and say it. So I go in the office and tell her. And she was actually surprisingly calm and okay, right? So, and I'm, I'm talking fast, kind of like this. And, you know, my hands are going all over the place. And I'm like, I'm, I was having a panic attack back there. And I had to go to the bathroom. And, like, I'm like, I'm really messed up. Like, I just need to send them. And I'm trying to explain this to her. And she's just like, okay, well, you know, continue doing what you're doing. Like, there was no, there was no, like, how dare you, I can't, you gotta be more careful. There was no reprimanding. It was like, 
well, you know, you know, you know, there's a report you can run. So you can, you know, cause everything kind of, some stuff's false. I was like, yeah, you know, I usually run it every month or so, but you know, I had to run last month because you know, one year and she was mad cool. And then I was like, well, you know what? I might as well come clean about the other three that I found today that I've been ignoring. So I tell her about those and I'm like, well, you know, these should get paid and these aren't going to get paid, but I'm going to appeal them anyway. And she was like, okay. Like she was mad chill. I took a deep breath. I walked back to my desk. My brain shut off. The voice in my head was gone. Ike Turner was gone. I was calm. I calmed down. Because I was met with kindness and understanding. And not to what I assumed. So now I'm calm. So now I'm asking myself, why do you avoid things like this? Why do you avoid difficult tasks? Not tedious ones, because my job is tedious. The ones that you have to ask for help, the ones that you have to do stuff that you don't normally do. Why do you avoid those or the stuff you don't know the answers to, but you should? But you don't want to ask because it's not a two plus two kind of a question. And I kept repeating it. Why do you avoid things? Why? And I'm trying, you know, I've been to therapy. You know, I, I know some a few things, emotional intelligence. I know it has to be some type of uh, something that's sparked from childhood or when I was younger. Why do I avoid things? So now I was calm about freaking out because I was going to get in trouble. And now I'm starting to get uncalm because now the question is, why do you avoid things? What is wrong with you? And I started thinking about it. What else do you avoid? Is it anxiety? Or is it, you know, is anxiety triggering the avoidance or is the avoidance triggering the anxiety? I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. But I'm like, I started to really think about it. I don't always open my mail. It's a very bad habit. I get a letter. It doesn't look like it's something important or it's a bill that I don't want to pay or can't pay and I just throw it on the table and then you know the mail piles up you know some stuff you know you open right away it's a bank statement or you know what I mean but some stuff you just kind of toss this out or you open it glance at it oh I owe 50 bucks for a copay from two months ago all right cool but I just never come back to it I don't know why I do that. <laughs> why do I wait until the actual due date to pay things? Not auto pay. Thank God the only things that are auto pay are my subscription services, which is sad, but true. Everything else, I don't trust myself to put on auto pay because I'm going to afraid I'm not going to have enough money in the bank, which was a problem in the past, but. Like now I don't have that excuse, but I do 
Cable bills due the 18th of every month. You know when I pay the cable bill? The 18th of every month. At 10.58 p.m. I wait till Sprint tells me to pay my bill. Like, I, I don't do, I'm not proactive with things like that. My dad would literally strangle me if he knew how long it's been since I've gotten an oil change. I'm not proud of that. This is a first. And I don't know why I've been avoiding going to get an oil change. It literally pops up every time I start the car. It dings and then it cuts. Oil change required. And I look at my mileage and I look at the little sticker and I go, that's a, mm. when I first passed it, you know, the first couple of hundred miles, I was like, eh. We'll get in there. I looked at the date today. Oh my God. My dad would be so mad at me. You need an oil change. What is wrong with you? Just go to Valvoline and get an oil change. $32.99. What is wrong? I have a Jeep. I live in New York. I have heated seats. I have leather seats. It's nice. It's used. I bought it used. Don't get don't get crazy. The heat doesn't work. And I don't mean like it's freezing, you know, teeth chattering cold, but it's not hot. It gets super cold in the summer. Air conditioning, no problem. But as soon as it gets consistently around freezing, it just don't heat. In September, you know, that first cool day in September that you got to turn the heat on, it cranks out beautifully. Just heat. But for some reason, once it gets actually cold enough to need it to be hot in the car, it's like the temperature gauge just can't get up there. So I've been living with it since 2019, 2020, somewhere around there. They took a look at it and then she said it's blowing pretty good. She lied. She lied to my face. Because she knew I didn't have to pay for it. So she lied. Anyway, so I don't have heat in my car. That's the problem in upstate New York because it's cold. You know what I didn't do last week when it was minus 20 wind chill? Go somewhere in my car. Why? I must be freezing in the car. I must need to stay home. Why am I avoiding fixing the heat in my car? Knowing damn well that winter could last until March. Why don't I get an oil change? I pass a Valvoline. I pass auto shops all the time. I don't have to go to the dealership. I usually do. But I don't have to. Why do I avoid this? I have a pile of sweatshirts. I wear nothing but sweatshirts to work. They said casual. I embraced it. And I don't have that many sweatshirts. At least I don't think I have that many sweatshirts. All I gotta do is hang them up. Put them on the hanger and put them in my closet. Do I? No. There's just a stack on my dresser of sweatshirts. Why? Why do I avoid it? I have no idea what I'm afraid of. Scared of I don't I have no idea this is when I tell you this all came to a head at 2.38 today 
And I was having a beautiful morning. I had a full on come to Jesus moment this morning. Literally. It snowed about four or five inches last night. Crank up the four wheel drive. Whenever it's inclement weather, especially when it's snow or bridges or tunnels, I crank up the Shirley Caesar or some gospel music. That's my way of putting good Jesus karma in the air to protect me, to comfort me, to guide me through the treacherous weather. So, snowstorm, me, Shirley Caesar. I go to work. Streets aren't terrible. I'm full on crying in the car because that's what gospel music does. I'm inspired. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I've been up since 4.50. No, I didn't sleep well last night. But you know what? We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's January 18th. Most people have already quit their New Year's resolutions. Stop going to the gym. I'm just getting started. Yeah, I was pumped. Had a nice little playlist. By the time I reached this point with this problem, this issue, all of that was out the window. I went two ends of the spectrum. So now I'm... I went from panic attack to actually confessing to being calm to questioning everything in my life. All in the span of an hour and some change. I didn't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Why? Why do I avoid things? Now remember... I'm having this existential crisis at work in my cubicle while trying to fix something that I've avoided for literal months. Two months. Two months is some change, give or take holidays. So I'm supposed to be focusing on fixing the thing that I screwed up. And I'm not focusing on that because I'm questioning why do I avoid things? So true to spirit, I go to my phone because now I'm going to avoid the work that I'm supposed to be doing to figure out why I'm avoiding the work that I'm supposed to be doing. So I go to my phone that I'm not supposed to be on and I Google why is it difficult? Why is avoiding things? Why do people avoid difficult things? Bruh, I almost went down a rabbit hole. I found this this article, I think, was it Psychology Today? Maybe. I screenshotted it. I'm going to just hit you with some of it. Because I was, my mind was blown. Here we go. This is the first thing that popped up. When I put, why do people avoid difficult tasks? This is what Google, this is the article. Oh, sorry, not Psych Today. PsychCentral.com. It can be because we're scared or anxious, because we don't feel competent or don't know where to start, or because the problem feels too big. 
It's an unconscious habit that worked in childhood when we didn't have the skills or power to change a situation. And then the article continues from there. But bruh. Because the problem feels too big. That's me at work. I don't know where to start. That's me at work. I said, oh, we're going to have to read this whole article. Are there books? I need to find a book about this. So I'm like, let me just click on the article and just read this real quick. I can just, I can just scan this little psychcentral.com piece real quick. So basically, to summarize, when people avoid things, they're basically... And this is a, a real brief summary um, or paraphrasing. But basically, you're avoiding something because you're, you're not allowing your emotions to fully go in, in a sense. So, or you're avoiding to having to feel that emotion. I feel overwhelmed. What can I do to not be overwhelmed? Instead of doing that, I go, oof, I'm not going to do that because that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to overwhelm me. It hasn't even overwhelmed me yet. I just know it's going to, so I'm going to avoid that. Why? Why do I do this? Like, I'm trying to think back to my childhood. I'm like, did I do this as a kid? Like, did I wait till the last minute to do my homework? No, because I wasn't allowed to. And I think there's more to the story, but as a little aside here to answer my own question, I think part of part of the big problem. I'm this is a tangent, but it answers this. So. At work, my desk is organized, it's neat, everything's in order, I know where everything is, I got spreadsheets. This this incident today, I deliberately avoided it. Like this wasn't, you know, this wasn't a mistake that I just missed. I, on purpose, did avoid this. I can admit that wholeheartedly. So I'm super organized. And every job I've had since, I don't know, 2010 or 12, people you know like man you're really organized and it's always a, a comment and i'm like instead of going into some deep detail i go oh you know my dad was in the military he's in the army so you know a place where everything everything in its place shout out to rosie from the jetsons so that's why i tell people like you know that's where i get it from my dad oh okay and i usually shut people up and they're like oh your dad's in the army and then the subject changes from my organization or particularness easy right at home my room is a mess now this is how i betray myself because I know I only function or I function well when things are organized. Just remember this. 
at home, I deliberately am lazy. Some of it is just, you know, you're just tired. It's been a long day. But I am deliberately not as organized. I make a, this might be important, but I make a joke and it's just like, yeah, I don't negotiate with terrorists. Can't let terrorists win. The reason I make that comment to go rewind back a minute. When I was a kid, I had a schedule. My parents worked. So when I got home from school, they weren't here yet. I couldn't come home from school and play and whatever. I had to come home, do my homework. One of them check it. Usually my dad the guys from up the street would come knock on the door and ask if I could come out and play. He'd inspect everything and go, yeah, okay. Without fail. Once I got a taste of freedom and I didn't have to do that anymore, I stopped. I made it a point to be the complete opposite. Don't negotiate with terrorists. I can't let the terrorists win. Isn't that a responsible way to do things? And that's 18-year-old me functioning with that logic? I can wholeheartedly admit it. It's the beauty of me. I'm overly self-aware. It sucks. Because on the other side of that, is a whole world that I've been avoiding. Haha. <laughs> There's that word again. It's it's me in a nutshell. It's who who are my who am I trying to avoid? What am I trying to avoid? Why am I avoiding what I'm avoiding? I avoid stuff because if it don't come easy, I don't want to do it. I'm not proud of it. I mean, it's deeper than that, but it boils down to that. How we train ourselves to cope with difficult things early on, I really don't realize until you really analyze it, how deep it runs. I'm 18 year old me away at college where I don't have someone telling me what to do but the beauty of my parents and that beauty is in quotations is most people who felt like they had a strict upbringing usually go away to school and get turned out just wild out just party every weekend drunk just everything 
my appearance instilled such a level of fear to get in trouble to disappoint them that the only rebellion that I could feel comfortable with was this was not keeping my room clean you know just putting things off and procrastinating being lazy that was my rebellion while everybody else freshman year was partying and trying to sneak into bars or going across the bridge to Canada to drink because the drinking age was 19 my rebellion was I have a paper due on Tuesday it's Thursday I'm not going to start doing it until Monday night at 10pm because I can freedom is tough let me tell you free will and freedom God really I'm not sure if he knew what he was doing when he uh, gave us free will because that's what it boils down to like if you peel it back I mean there's layers upon layers I'm an onion but the the very very base of it this is my small tiny revenge this and being fat but that is literally for another time we're just gonna stick with avoidance today but it's it's my rebellion sad but true even even at 42 you know I'm 42 in chronological years I mean I got a few gray hairs but I'm I'm only 42 so it's technically I'm 42 time is a social construct keeps telling me I read somewhere, maybe it was TikTok, one of you know those sixty-second TikTok therapist moments. I think someone, and I'm paraphrasing, but I think someone said something like, "You don't, when you experience some some level of trauma, whatever your level of trauma is. I'm not, you know, we're not comparing, but whatever age you were at that level of trauma, that's where certain parts of you stop." growing I wholeheartedly believe that I'm 42 in human years but some of my actions are 19 18 16 if we really want to keep it a buck Because I'm like, you know, I won't say we never grow up, because that's not true. But parts of us don't. For a lot of people, parts of us don't. Because we don't, we don't talk. Most people don't deep dive, reflect. Most people don't certainly start a podcast where they only talk about themselves. But that's the whole point of the show. This is literally the point of the show. 
is I'm in my head so much that I need to actually talk things out as if I'm telling stories in order for me to figure me out. Because not to sound, I hate to say crazy, but the the internal monologue and dialogue, it's loud. It's very loud. And it came to a head today. And it manifested manifested itself at work. In my work. And the realization at least came on my end and not, you know, from a supervisor's end where they're yelling at me or reprimanding me for, you know, costing the company thousands because of my in inaction. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. I'm not sad. I'm not crying. But I've been talking a long time and I really need something to drink. But it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. And trying to work through all of this today. All of this epiphany, all of this stuff I just talked about for the past uh, 30 minutes. This is all today. This all came to me today in various parts of my day. So I was trying to figure out while I was in my head and Googling why people avoid difficult things. So the issue with the work is like 2.38. It's you know, 3 o'clock, 3.15, somewhere in there. I go to the bathroom again. I drink a lot of water. Or I'm trying to. I'm trying to drink a lot of water. Cucumber water. So I go to the bathroom. And I'm still beating myself up. But on the why do I avoid things part. Not how could you screw up work part. And there's no one else in the bathroom. So I actually can talk out loud. And I go why are you such a scaredy cat. Jeez. Like, you're a Leo. You're a lion. Why are you a big scary cat? What are lions afraid of? Lions aren't afraid of anything. They're the king of the jungle, but they're not the biggest in the jungle. They're not the strongest in the jungle, but they're the king of the jungle, right? You're a lion. What is wrong with you? Remember who you are. Like, I went full Lion King in the 20 steps it took to walk in the door to the stalls. And I'm like, what is why are you a scaredy cat? God. And my brain went, oh my God. You're the cowardly lion. From the Wizard of Oz. Oh my, I'm sitting there in a stall. Oh my, I'm the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz. I'm scared of my own power ability potential cowardly lion was scared of everything he was a he was a punk and i mean that in a punk sense that is not homophobic in any way 
I do not mean it like that. I mean it's just a straight cow. Just get this clear. I am 42. Punk used to mean something different to me. So just let me have it. Anywho. The Cowardly Lion. I'm like this is the Wizard of Oz. I'm the Cowardly Lion. And then I started thinking. Like I'm in the bathroom. I started thinking. I'm like okay so if I'm the Cowardly Lion. Wait a minute. I'm trying to think back. Like, the Wizard of Oz. Wasn't the whole point of the Wizard of Oz like. It was a dream. This didn't actually happen. It was all, you know, it was all inside her of her. Like, she, wait a minute. So now I'm trying to replay the whole movie in my head and go, wait a minute. That's not the point of the movie. The point was that it was all there all along. They just, they just needed to tap in, you know, to face their fears. Right? So I'm like, wait a minute. So I pull up my phone in the bath. I'm at work, dog. So I'm like, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz meaning. First thing pops up. It's a political allegory about the capitalism in the Midwest. And I was like, wait, what? So the history major in me was like, click this article. I clicked the article. The dude's like, yeah, Kansas or Dorothy being from Kansas, she's Midwest. And the Tin Man represented industry, and the Scarecrow represented agriculture. Because remember, the movie came out in 1939, but it was based on a book, right? So I'm like, yo, I need to watch Wizard of Oz again, because I didn't get this whole political allegory. I'm like, are we out here animal farm? So I scroll, and I find another one. And this lady's like, I just had an epiphany about what the Wizard of Oz is about. And I'm like, hmm, click. I'm in the bathroom. It's supposed to be in and out. Like, I'm at work. It's three o'clock. I got an hour and a half to go. But this is, this is my life. This is how I, this is me every day. So I read this quick, try to read this article. And this lady's like, I just had an epiphany. I've seen The Wizard of Oz millions of times. And yay, you know, there's no place like home. That's the point of the story. That's the moral of the story. Yay. And she's like, wait a minute. No, that's not the full story. The point of the story is live your truth. And I was like, ooh, girl, expound on that, please. And she's like, think about it. Dorothy wants to go. She wants to see the world in the beginning of the movie. But her family's like, nah, you need here. And she's like, nah, I want to blow this popsicle stand. And she's like, but she's she's portraying the part of her that wants to expand who she is and not just fit into this box of what she's supposed to be based off of what her family says. She's not living her truth. But she has, she falls asleep, has this dream. And the, the the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow all represent different parts of what, you know, parts of her. She has fear, obviously. She's afraid to go against her family. She's the Cowardly Lion. She's, be- she's betraying her brain because she knows this is who she is. But 
she doesn't have a clue how to not be what her family wants her to be. And then she, she keeps going. And I was like, huh. So I thought she was going to break it all down. Like all the parts of the the movie. She's basing the movie, not the book. She's solely off the movie. Is that the wizard was... What did she say? The wizard was her future. How she was going to have to live... You know, live behind this curtain, live, live a different life, and portray this happy person or this person that fit into, you know, her Kansas life. Because the wizard, you know, paid no attention to the man behind the curtain, kind of thing. She didn't want people to see the real her. That was her future. She was gonna have to live a double life somehow. And then she expounds on it more in the story. But I was like, woo, girl. She hit a nose on this one. And I'm like, I'm the cowardly lion. I need to watch The Wizard of Oz. I'm still in the bathroom. <laughs> I go, is this on Netflix, Hulu, is it on HBO, or Turner Classic Movie somewhere? Oh, HBO Max, bet. All right, cool. Wash my hands, I go back to my desk, I go, okay, we need to, we need to, put Wizard of Oz on our to-do list sometime this week because maybe we missed something it's been a while since I've seen it I need to see it with you know fresh eyes or a fresh mindset but I'm the cowardly lion I make myself afraid of things that I shouldn't be afraid of I'm a lion I am Simba Remember who you are. Always gets me. If I wasn't so terrified, <laughs> I would get that as a tattoo. You know, what a side note, you know, one of my favorite slash heartbreaking parts of Black Panther, the movie. When uh, T'Challa uh, goes to the ancestral plane for the first time spoiler alert I guess and he sees his pops and he hugs him and then he kneels because that's his pops and his pops has always been the king as far as he's known and pops is like stand up you are a king Like, I got goosebumps. It was so affirming. Like, just, it gets me every time. And I know part of the reason it gets me is because, you know, my dad's gone. And I would give anything to be able to talk to him in the ancestral plane. I'll. 10 minutes, 5 minutes, I don't care. I would love to talk to that man again. And I would do the same thing T'Challa did. I want to be a good king. Tell me what I need to know to be a good king. I would love to ask my dad. Tell me how to be a better. Tell me, tell me what I need to be better. Or how to be better. Or what to do. Something. But I can't ask him that. And he can't affirm me and tell me, get up, 
remember who you are. Maybe I need to add Lion King to my movie watch list. And a little bit of that, which to bring it all the way back around. This morning, when I woke up with some weird level of positivity about the future, not necessarily the future future, but just I'm going to do this, I'm going to lose this weight. You know what I mean? Like I had that motivation this morning. I had my gospel plan to bring it back to that circle of that's part of it. Like that was part of my mm, this morning. It's like, dude, you can do this. You're smart. You're funny. You're capable. You learn quickly. There's an athlete underneath all this fat. You can do things. You can do this. Remember who you are. I forget that a lot. An awful lot. I forget who my parents are. I forget who my my family is. I forget where I come from. You know what I mean? Like in my head, you're better than this. Why are you doing this? You're better than this. And that's more of a, a beat up way of doing things. This morning I was like, you can do this. You are a king. Like you can do this, Chris. You can turn off your phone. You could cut your hair. You could do the stuff that you need and want to do. Like you can, you can do this. I forget that lot because I resort back to that kid just like the cowardly lion which is like mm, nah mm-mm, can't go over there that scares me I don't know what's over there well you could go look but you're a lion like why are lion why is a lion scared Like, I don't know what Frank Isles is on, but. Like, that's deep. Have you ever seen, have you ever watched a National Geographic and seen, like, a lion scared? Like, yeah, you might catch one video where, you know, like a wildebeest or something got a hold of a, the end of a, you know what I mean? I mean, that happens. They don't all live, but. There's never, you see, you see lions on the attack or you see lions laying in, you know, the safari with their manes blowing in the wind and, you know what I mean? Like you, there's a regalness to it. And yeah, I'm biased, but I'm just saying like, dude. And I don't know why I allow I allow myself to forget that. 
Like, do you know who your father is? Like, I need to say that to myself. Like, how famous kids, you know, try to get into clubs or whatever. Like, do you know who my father is? And they say it all, you know, douchey and condescending. Like, you're supposed to know my father is this person and I'm supposed to get special treatment. Nah. I don't, it's not like that when I say it. I say that, like, dude, do you know who your dad is? To the rest of the world. To the rest of the world, just an average dude. Well, not anymore. He's gone. But, you know, unassuming, that's why, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that was my dad. And I, well, yeah, you would, because we look alike. But, you know what I mean? Like, there was no flashiness to him. There's no, he wasn't gregarious. He wasn't out there. He wasn't, this man was the most content man, person I've ever met. But he knew who he was. He meant what he said. He said what he meant. And it was very particular and very not calculated in a cold sense, but just, you know, he was one who taught me, say three words. Don't say five, you know. No is a complete sentence. I heard that a long time ago. And then stick, you know, how social media stuff sticks now, but no. Like, I, I could do, I could go on and on. But there's so many, there's so many attributes that I have that help me function in one aspect of my life that somehow subconsciously or unsubconsciously, I flick off in an, another aspect of my life. It's the, it's the strangest thing. When I tell you trauma, psychology is a weird thing it is I would study it I would there's a big part of me that would love to go back to school to study psychology and human behavior I would really love to for free if somebody could pay for that that would be great but not to do work I like I don't need to be a therapist although I'd probably be a good one but I just to learn more about why we do what we do but there's parts of my dad that come through in one aspect and then another aspect. I just, I don't, I don't apply it. Freaky. It's weird. It's crazy. I just, whew. But to loop it back around, because now we're pushing almost two hours. And I need to go to bed. To, to summarize or to keep it going I guess I'll, I'll hit it with a story this is how my brain and how I am functions in one way and not the other so my since you know my dad was in the army so he knows how to pack things well. Me and my brother always, you know, said we went to, the, you know, his school of packing. You know, we prepare for trips days in advance. Everything was packed in by the door before we rolled out the next morning. Like, we had it down to a science. 
Moms on the other hand cannot. I don't know how. I don't know how that she missed that lesson or that didn't just like she didn't absorb that like osmosis. I it boggles me to this day. How you could be with somebody so organized and then chaos <laughs> or last minute chaos you know like it's, it trips me out but I have the same thing so I I get just like him because I learned it by watching him right so when we gotta pack stuff or you know put stuff in the fridge or you know trying to reorganize for space I always look at my mom and I go, you know, you were with dad for like 30 some odd years. How did you not, like, how did you not adopt that? that I, and she just looks at me like, she just shakes her head just in disgust. And I'm like, dude, I'm, what is, wow, okay, all right. Like me and my brother got it. How did you not? No, okay. I guess that's why my favorite game is Tetris. Holy crap. Is that why I like Tetris so much? Or is that why I was so good at Tetris? Damn. Wow. See, see, this is. We learn things here on the 565 and Growing Podcast. We learn about me. And I learn about me when you learn about me. We learn about me at the same damn time. And I talk about it for minutes on end with no interruptions. And the occasional meow from my cat. So, to summarize, truly, I need to remember who the hell I am. I'm Simba. I might not, you know, rule over Pride Rock, but I was raised and given the tools to lead or to to do better or to do well by Mufasa and I forget that and I really shouldn't and I need to face my fears and stop being so scary about things that I can control and things I can't control actually scratch that the things I can't control, I don't need to worry about. I, I am a conundrum. Let me tell you, I am, I am multi-dimensional messed up. Because I'm, the positive in one arena is in, I, I, oof, Jesus. It just, it all hits me. I can do this. I can delete Twitter. I can delete Facebook. I can delete Instagram. Actually, no, you know what? Scratch that. I'm sorry. I need to be able to upload my podcast. This, I got to build my brain somehow. So we'll work off that. We'll, we'll, maybe I'll give my information to someone else and they can post it for me. But I can do this. I can lose this weight. I can keep a better schedule. I can be more organized. I can face my fears. Because 
in the next episode, I'll talk about my health issues or my phantom health issues. Um, but we only get one life and I have wasted mine tremendously and not even in a good way. Not even in a good way. Not even a good Rick James cocaine live abastedly way. This has been a slow death of a life that didn't need to be. I mean, I have my hardships. Go back and listen to the previous episode. But I I can do so much better. I can be better. I just need to do it and stop being so damn scared because the person who or the people but the person who I looked up to the most was never scared never seen that man scared of anything of anyone ever and he lived a simple happy life until his sudden and untimely death. And I, I want the same. Except for a little more travel. I, I would like to travel a little more than he would. But I want a simple content life. With the things that make me happy. With the people that make me happy. Doing things the right way according to me and to circle it back to the lady who had the epiphany about Wizard of Oz to live my truth to be authentically me and not who others want me to be and not who I'm trying to avoid being to spite others I need to be authentically me happy me cheerful me organized me because the 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 hit the dopamine hit in my system a la you know a team i love it when a plan comes together like i absolutely love it when things come together and i create a plan and it works according to plan i love that i love a good organization my god i love organization the container store huh ikea huh. i need to tap into that more i've been through some rough times i had some dark dark days i could cry the drop of a hat i wear my emotions on my sleeve or at least a bit Clearly, I'm an open book to a point. But I can be so much more. And I can do so much more. If I allow myself. Because I've allowed myself to be this. And I could have gone down some much darker roads. I could have turned to drugs. I could drink. I could be the whorest of whores, and I mean whore in the worst sense, not a sex worker. Like, I could be the worst parts, and I've never chosen to do that. 
can be better. I know that. I just need to remember who I am. <laughs>